Today's episode is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible is a seller and producer of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming on the internet. Audible sells digital audiobooks, radio and TV programs, and audio versions of magazines and newspapers. To start using Audible today, please visit their website at www.audible.com. That's www.audible.com. Welcome to another episode of Taking You to the Top. In this podcast, Rami spends time speaking with founders and CEOs from across the globe and asks them specific questions to learn exactly how they launch their businesses. Before we get started with today's guest, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any upcoming episodes and to help us grow. If you'd like to get more information and analytics about each guest, simply visit the podcast website at takingyoutothetop.cf. Now, let me spend a moment to introduce today's guest before Rami gets started. Today's guest is the CEO of Expert Empires. Expert Empires is the number one event on the planet for experts to learn how to grow their businesses. The Expert Empires Mastermind is the leading mastermind program in Europe for experts who are serious about rapidly expanding their business empire. Join Rami in welcoming him to the show. If you have any questions for our guest today, please leave them in the comments section below. That being said, we hope you enjoy today's episode. Without further ado, are you ready to take it to the top? All right, Nick, thank you so much for joining me today. It's episode 23 of Taking You to the Top. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's my pleasure as well. Um, if you could get us started by maybe introducing yourself and take us back from the beginning, so where you're from and how your professional journey started to get you to where you are today. Yeah, I'll try and do that as briefly as I can because that in itself would probably be uh, very long and boring. Uh, so I'll try and make it interesting and short. So I, I am, uh, well, again, I suppose those that are listening who might not know me, I'm in the, the events business, always have been. So, you know, I, uh, I got into this from a very young age, uh, started attending Tony Robbins seminars. When I was a kid, uh, 12 years of age, I was at my first Tony Robbins seminar in, uh, in Hawaii and um, wow. really just fell in love with the whole idea of personal growth, personal development, self-help, growing businesses, achieving more in various different areas of life and so you know decided from a very young age that was the industry that I wanted to have a career in and um, actually never really thought about having my own company as such but more just like working for a company like Tony's um, and I actually ended up working for a small events company in the UK uh, a number of years later in sales and then started getting into speaking and it was, it was around that point where I started going, you know what, like, I, I think I could do this myself. Um, and so it was, uh, what would it have been, 2008 that I set up my first business um, as a consultant and started running my own events. Um, and over the last eight years, that's turned into a, um, well, I think I'd like to say one of the better known events businesses in the UK in this arena. So, you know, we run uh, 
ordinarily we run three big kind of conferences a year in London. Um, we've had guest speakers including Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone, David Goggins, uh, and other well-known uh, Lord Sugar, uh, another one. So we've had a lot right. of well-known speakers on those events, um, and so you know that's turned into a multi-seven-figure business over the last few years. And um, yeah, so uh, I guess, but it all started from me attending events as a kid and having a desire to get into this industry. So usually what, what I like to know or what I like to, to ask is when, when, do you, when for you was the right time to switch from working for somebody to starting your own company? I mean, is there like, uh, did you look at it from a financial perspective or you knew yeah, you could actually do it? Yeah, I, th I think for me, um, I was I was working like I said. I, I actually think that a lot of a lot of the so-called gurus out there talk about you know going out and starting your own business and build it. They will and they'll come and, and all those kind of cliches. And right. for me, I think actually a lot of the time that's bad advice because you get a bunch of people going out and starting a business that have got no idea what they're doing. And the best thing that I ever did was actually go and spend. Um, it was just under two years working in a small entrepreneurial business in the field that I wanted to get into and learn up close and personal, how do you do marketing and sales and financials and customer service and events in my case? How do I do it so that I could then go, uh, go off and, and replicate that and do it myself? And I think a lot of people dive into a business with no previous experience whatsoever. Um, whereas, you know, I, I was in a pretty strong position when I started having been part of uh, a small business uh, in the field that I wanted to go into. I'd, I'd seen up close and personal what it took to make it work. I'd also seen up close and personal a lot of the big mistakes at first hand as well. So um, I, think, I think often, um, how do you know when it's the right time? You really don't. It's like having kids, you know, you never feel ready. Um, no one's ever going to give you a certificate and say you are now qualified to start your own business. Sure. You've got, you just got to kind of go on, on gut feeling intuition. But for me, after a, you know, a couple of years working in that company, I felt I had enough knowledge and experience to go out and give it a good go on my own. And this, this was a smaller company, right? You, you mentioned it was uh, entrepreneurial, smallish company. Yeah. So, so I think that's important because I think you, exactly, you wouldn't yeah. get, you wouldn't get that kind of education in a corporate where you know you're you're a very small cog in a big machine and you're working in a department and you would probably get isolated experience in that department whereas you know i was part of a company where when i joined i think there was only five or six staff and when i left there was probably 20 25 but i managed to you know i saw i was working in sales predominantly but then i started to learn a bit about marketing because I, I did some work in the marketing department and then I, they trained me as a speaker. So I learned how to do the speaking bit. Um, and I observed the customer experience side and the finance side. So, so I got a real good broad, uh, broad spectrum of knowledge and broad education on how to run a small business in, in this industry, which I couldn't have got, I think, working in marketing for a big corporate, for example. Right. Okay, I mean, can, can you tell us more about Expert Empires? What's, what, are your, what are you trying to achieve with it? Uh, I know it's, 
events, but is it targeted to a specific audience? Um, yeah. And yeah. what's your I goal with the company? Yeah, I think first of all, I should probably share like where the inspiration came from. And, and of course, you know, Expert Empires is known for being an event that we were right. a few times. That's the kind of the, 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 the shop front, the thing that we're known for, the thing that people see. But actually behind the scenes, there's a lot more to the business than that. And we have um, the, the kind of, I suppose, the bread and butter of the business is our mastermind programs and coaching clients um, and running much smaller workshops and things like that. So, um, yeah, Expert Empires as a brand uh, is, is really, you know, a very small part of what we, what we do. But the, the inspiration really for Expert Empires was it was a, a desire. It was actually born out of, I guess, to a certain degree of frustration in the, with the business growth, personal development events industry in the UK. And I saw a gap that I wanted to fill, which was, you know, there was a lot of people doing events. They were all free or low priced. And effectively, you know, without being, um, I'm not going to name names, but, you know, without being too harsh, they were effectively come along and get pitched stuff for, you know, two hours nonstop. And I figured that I wanted to get back to what I'd loved so much about you know the uh the tony robbins events that i'd attended as a kid you know the energy the um the, the quality of content of delivery of the atmosphere the you know the 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 people in the room all of that the you know the venue the everything about it was great it was really high quality and i felt that had been lost so expert empires was really born out of a desire to create what i'd experienced in the states from you know the likes of tony robbins and i'd also spent a lot of time and money all over the world, you know, uh, attending seminars and learning from people who, you know, who I really admire, people like Ryan Dice, people like Dan Kennedy, uh, people like Frank Kern. And, uh, and I was like, no one's really doing it at that level in the UK. Um, and right. that, was the, that was the reason that I decided to start this business, um, which, which actually this company started in 2015. Um, and it was, it was, born out of a desire to create, to fill that gap in the market. And we, uh, we had Gary Vaynerchuk, the first, uh, the first event we ran. Um, and uh, like I said, we've had many other well-known speakers since. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that was the inspiration behind it really. And, and as I said, you know, the, the, the events that people see, you know, advertised on Facebook and that we, you know, that, that, that people come to, to see these well-known speakers, that's really just the marketing function of our company. Right. And our company really is, um, to answer your question, it, it's focused on serving a specific audience who are, I call experts, but I suppose what that really means to me is anyone who runs a business that's designed to provide some kind of product or service that helps people and makes a difference. So. They might be a coach, a consultant, a speaker, a trainer, an author. Maybe they're an agency. They might be in the fitness space or the wealth creation space. Basically, their business exists to help people right. get a better in some area of their life. And our business exists to support, mentor, advise, coach, educate them on how to run their business effectively. Okay. And is the price point affordable enough for? 
any coach or any speaker to approach your company or is it at a certain price point? Yes. Yeah, so, so, I mean, we, we, we deal with um, clients from the very first stage of startup all the way through to multi seven figure businesses that are clients of ours and everything okay. in between. And so, you know, people can come to an expert empires event for as little as, you know, a hundred quid for a ticket. Um, yeah. And we do have high level tickets that go up to like a thousand pounds for people that want to invest and get a, a kind of premium first class experience. Um, but, you know, we make expert empires as affordable as possible to attend you know, it cost me a couple of hundred grand to run each event with speaker fees and venues and all that kind of stuff. But we make the tickets as affordable as possible um, so that, you know, I'd like to think anybody who's um, even in the early stages of starting a business could, could attend um, all the way up to, you know, our, our mastermind programs and private coaching programs, um, which are 25, £30,000, £35,000 a year. Um, but again, you know, for the startups, it's far, far less than that. So, um, yeah, I, I like to think that we have a pricing strategy that means that A, it's accessible to people that need it, and B, also, you know, for the, the bigger businesses that need more in-depth and more advanced support and training, um, they can get that for a premium. Right. And was the, was the company, uh, I mean, it sounds massive, but when you started the company, was it self-funded or did you raise capital to start something this big? Or did it start yeah. off really small? And you say it sounds massive. And of course, you know, anything, um, when you're looking at size of anything, it's all um, dependent on contrast. And, you know, I suppose, uh, you know, it, you say it sounds massive or compared to what, you know, compared to, you know, Apple, we're tiny um, compared to, <laughs> Where we were in 2008 when we started were massive, so it's all contrast really. But um, right. yes, but but yeah, self-funded, literally started off, and and you know what my philosophy on starting and growing a business is probably quite different to a lot a lot of people that you'd see out there. It's like hey, you start off lean, and uh, and you know first thing for me, the first step of starting a business is to go and get a paying customer. That's the first thing you got to do. Um, a lot of people I think waste time and energy and money on branding yeah. and staff and all these things. I didn't do any of that. I literally went, right, I've got a service that I think can help people in this industry. I'm going to take it to the people that I know and see if I can get some people to give me some money. And then as I did that, I started to build up, you know, consistent income. Then I started reinvesting some of that money in growth. So to answer your question, it was all self-funded the first time we took any external funding or uh, or, or lending was, uh, let me think. Um, yeah, there was one of my previous companies. So I, I have I had another company with a partner, and we did okay. we did take funding to grow that one. Uh, that was a business that that we formed together in 2013, um, and I exited in 2015. But like in terms of this business, which I'm running today, we started it in 2015 with zero from scratch. Um, and uh, we, we didn't have any funding to grow at all. Um, it was all self-funded. I mean, uh, when you say sub zero, was it actually zero or did you put in 
thousand, two thousand, ten thousand pounds to get it, it started. What? Like I didn't, I didn't buy. There was nothing to spend it on. It was literally, you know. Uh, well, okay, okay. I had, I did have a laptop and an internet connection, which you know I had anyway. Um, right. But it was zero cost at the start, um, and then of course as we've um, acquired clients and generated revenue, I've reinvested that in advertising. I've reinvested that in assets like websites. I've reinvested that in growth of staff so uh, and, and premises. So now we've got um, our own training center um, that seats up to 100 people. Um, we've got 17 members of staff. So uh, we've got office and premises and stuff. But yeah, all of that, you know, I never borrowed a chunk of money to finance all that. I just sold um, products and services and generated revenue and then reinvested that in growth. Okay. And, and what would way, you say, sorry? One thing I would say is that I think if you're going to scale fast, then that's where, um, and, you know, we've, we've grown and scaled fairly quickly. But, you know, if you want to accelerate that, then, you know, sometimes funding is necessary. Sure. And would you say, I mean, which marketing channels, free or paid, would you say was most beneficial to you when you were growing? Yeah, good question. Well, without a doubt, still to this day, the number one marketing channel, um, less so now, but more so in the early days, which is completely free, um, that I used to grow the vast majority of my audience was joint ventures. So it was okay. partnering. It was building relationships and partnering with other people in my industry and finding a way to support one another, to promote, cross-promote each other's products and services to our databases, our audiences, to interview them on my social media, for them to interview me on their social media, to do things like you and I here where you're interviewing me for the podcast and you're kindly giving me exposure to your audience and your platform. So, you know, the, these partnerships are the number one way that I grew the business to start with. More recently, yeah, of course, we invest heavily in paid advertising on Facebook in particular. It's probably the one that we invest most in. Um, you know, we invest some money elsewhere, but the vast majority goes on Facebook. Um, but still to this day, we still do a lot on joint ventures and partnerships because um, that's, you know, the thing that's always served as well. Sure. And were there any weird or unconventional strategies in the beginning. I've heard quite a few recently when I've spoken to other founders uh, that were really quite creative ways of getting the first customers. I suppose it depends what you deem to be weird and unconventional. I mean, how I got my first few customers, if that's what you're asking, was um, I went to, like, and, and by the way, this isn't weird or unconventional, but most people still don't do it, even though it's obvious to me. Um, yeah. I went to all the people that I already knew and I had conversations with them and said, look, here's what I'm doing. How could I help you? Or who do you know that would benefit from working with me or this service? Um, and I just did through networking. That was it. Right. I mean, it's, it's not unconventional or weird, but it's effective. Um, sure. And then as I got some clients, it was all... You know, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I've got business from word of mouth and, and wear that as like some kind of badge of honor. And I think actually getting business through word of mouth is, um, if that's your only marketing strategy, that's a big problem because, 
you know, you can't really scale that. Um, but my, my strategy for getting business via word of mouth was very deliberate. So I would take on a client um, and often I'd do a deal with that client on the basis that they would refer me to three others. So, you know, so for example, I'd say, here's my fee. And then I will, you know, and I, there, was, there was a couple of clients I did work for free in exchange, which I wouldn't really recommend now, but I did it in exchange for three recommendations. And then those people recommended to three people and then three more and three more. And so, um, because I had a deliberate strategy for recommendations and referrals, um, that's how I got my first bank of clients. Um, right. And a, a, a lot of those partnerships also turned into um, joint ventures and they promoted me out to their audiences. So before, before very long, you know, I had a, a, a small but, but engaged database of people that were following me, that were interested in learning from me that were interested in purchasing services from me. So, you know, I, I built it all through joint ventures and relationships to start with. And I guess that is just an organic viral effect. Everybody introduces you to another three and it just, it just grows yeah, and, pretty fast think, after that. Yeah, I think the mistake people make is they, they kind of leave it to chance, whereas I had a very deliberate strategy to, for every right. client I had. I, I did something to incentivize them to refer me to three more. All right. Um, Nick, if you don't mind, we can wrap up with the famous five. Let's go for it. I love it. All right. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Ooh, um, so uh, I'm, I'm not going to give the answer I want to give, which is the one that my business partner wrote, because obviously <laughs> that would be a blatant plug. Um, favorite <laughs> business book um, has to be oh, so many. Um, the one that jumps to mind first is called Built to Sell by John Warrillow. Um, and by the way, that, that's not the best known business book in the world, but well, it's, that's okay. uh, it's very, very good for scaling. And I think the mistake a lot of people in my industry make is they build a business that's so reliant upon them that they can't either exit and sell it or even if they don't want to sell it, they can't remove themselves from the day-to-day operations. And I think that book's sure. great. Okay. Um, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, yeah, a number. I, I suppose it depends how you define following or studying. I mean, you know, I consume a lot of po- content. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts um, from people who are right. you know, leading my industry, many of whom have spoken at my events. So, you know, I, I listen to Gary Vaynerchuk's podcast and watch a lot of his content. Um, right. I, uh, you know, I admire as a great CEO. I think, you know, I, I have an affinity for his way of doing things. Um, you know, I, I listen to Ed Milet's podcast. I'm good friends with Rob Moore, uh, right. who uh, built an amazing training business in our industry here in the UK. So, um, yeah, you know, I study those guys. I have a, a coach who effectively specializes in coaching founders and CEOs. So he, he's my mentor in that respect. You know, he's been part of companies that have grown to eight figures, nine figures previously. So, you know, I don't have that experience. So he's mentoring me on that. So, um, sure. yeah. Great. Um, number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? Easy. Um, Infusionsoft. Easy question. It's a CRM, but way more than that. It's basically, um, it's the one 
tool or platform that I've used for the last, what, 10 years probably, consistently. Um, and, you know, I'd say the vast majority of processes and systems and automation and marketing that we do in our business runs through Infusionsoft. Um, number four, if you could give your 20-year-old self a piece of advice, what would it be? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. When I was 20, I was actually at university, um, and I ended up leaving university at 21 and then starting a business and failing and then going and working for that small entrepreneurial business. The advice I probably would give myself at 20 would be leave university now don't wait because I, I was debating whether to continue or not okay. um so i would have just give myself the advice to leave now and go and work for that company sooner because funny enough they were pursuing me for a number of years i could i could have actually gone and worked with them sooner and i didn't and it would have just sped up everything for me right all right and the final question how many hours of sleep do you get every night yeah i love that you've got this question in um because that that answer has changed dramatically in the last six months, seven months. Okay. So um, I used to be a, how few hours a night can I get by on and still finish <laughs> yeah. it? Um, and actually, um, I made a big lifestyle choice at the turn of this year and, and decided to give up alcohol for the year. Okay. And, and in doing that, um, I've, well, first of all, less late nights and all that kind of stuff, which sure. means I can get more sleep. But, but also, I'm sleeping a lot better. And actually, um, even though you'd think, well, I probably need less sleep now um, because I'm healthier, but actually, I'm, I'm getting more. I'm getting a solid, I'd say, on average, um, I'm probably getting seven and a half hours a night, um, where I used to get probably like six, five. Um, and like, I feel so much better for it. I, I actually think that... Um, a lot of people glorify the idea of surviving on as little sleep as possible. I'm, I'm coming around to the idea that it's absolutely critical to energy, mental, emotional well-being, productivity, and being a great CEO and leader. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure, and thanks for sharing your time with us. Rami, thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. You're most welcome. Thank you. Bye. Today's episode is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible is a seller and producer of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming on the internet. Audible sells digital audiobooks, radio and TV programs, and audio versions of magazines and newspapers. To start using Audible today, please visit their website at www.audible.com. That's www.audible.com.